The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, February 13th. Coming up today... The U.S. military shoots down a fourth object in the skies in a little over a week. China accuses the U.S. of illegally flying balloons more than 10 times since 2022. The death toll approaches 35,000 in the earthquake in Turkey. And Wall Street braces for a key inflation report. A jury in New York City today considers the death sentence for an Islamic extremist. Plus, will Manhattan see brief pandemic in office work schedules. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Kansas City Chiefs won Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix. They beat Philadelphia 38-35. Patrick Mahomes named MVP. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. The U.S. military has taken out a fourth object in the skies in eight days. The Pentagon held a briefing last night during the Super Bowl to answer questions about what these objects are and where they're from. General Glenn Van Herc is commander of the North American Aerospace Defense Command. They're similar in size, uh, similar in speeds that go with the wind on these objects that we've seen. As far as specific shapes, we've got to get our hands on those. Connecticut Representative Jim Himes tells NBC's Meet the Press heard Sundays on Bloomberg Radio that the U.S. is seeing more unidentified objects in our skies because we're looking for them. Most of our sensors and and, uh, Mm -hmm. most of what we were looking for didn't look like balloons. Now, of course, we're looking for them, so I think we're probably finding more stuff. Recovery efforts are underway for all four objects, including the suspected spy balloon at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Well, Amy, the war of words continues this morning over the balloon controversy. China says the U.S. has repeatedly flown balloons over its country. We get more from Bloomberg's Derek Wallbank. China says U.S. balloons trespassed over 10 times since January 2022. So now there's getting to be a bit of a tit for tat and back and forth about who's doing what. All of this is sounding very much unlike that detente that we were hearing about out of the G20 leaders meeting in Bali, where Xi Jinping and Joe Biden were talking about an easing of ties and wanting to have senior officials meeting and things. And and this has really gotten in the way of that. And Bloomberg's Derek Wellbank says media reports out of Asia say China is preparing to take down an unidentified object found flying over its waters. And now we turn to the latest on those two massive earthquakes that struck Turkey and Syria last week. The death toll has climbed to near 35,000 people. That has criticism mounting on Turkey's government. Bloomberg Simon Demikan reports from Istanbul. Survivors and opposition parties are saying that the government was just ill-equipped and too slow in responding, especially on the first day, missing a critical window of saving more people. And there's also huge complaints about shoddy construction. Bloomberg Simon Demikan says dozens of contractors are under investigation for shoddy construction following the earthquake. Three have been arrested. 
Well, Amy, much more ahead of these developing stories throughout the broadcast. But first, we turn our attention to a Super Bowl classic that is enveloped in controversy this morning. And Bloomberg's John Stashower joins us live with the details. John, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The Kansas City Chiefs went 50 years without winning or even playing in the Super Bowl. This was their third in the last four years and their second victory. This one, like the previous one, a come-from-behind win. Chiefs only had the ball for eight minutes of the first half. They trailed the Eagles by 10, but scored three second-half touchdowns to go up by eight. Philadelphia then tied the game. KC won 38-35 on a late field goal, helped by a questionable holding penalty against the Eagles. Patrick Mahomes named Super Bowl MVP. Much more coming up in sports. John Stash, our Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy and Karen. All right. Thank you, John. We're going to have more on last night's game coming up in our sports report. But first, we turn to markets. Futures are mixed following the worst week for stocks since December. Morgan Stanley strategist Mike Wilson says there's more selling ahead. Wilson sees the S&P 500 ending the year at 3,900, down nearly 5% from current levels. He says stocks will fall as earnings estimates come down before rebounding in the second half. Well, Amy, a catalyst for stocks this week could come tomorrow with the release of a key inflation report. Fed officials have been warning Wall Street not to get carried away about a quick drop in inflation. And Bloomberg economics correspondent Michael McKee says tomorrow's report will likely prove their point. The CPI report out Tuesday morning is forecast to show a big jump in headline inflation during the month, in part because of oil prices. Core expected to be unchanged, but both will be affected by a reweighting of sectors within the CPI to better reflect what people are actually spending on. The annual inflation rate will go down, but to the Fed, the most recent data matters the most. The other major data point for the week is Wednesday's release on retail sales for January. The forecast is for a big rebound after a December decline. Both numbers likely reinforcing the Fed's argument for more rate hikes ahead. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Mike. Elsewhere on Wall Street, the boss at Goldman Sachs says he should have slashed jobs sooner. Let's get those details live with Bloomberg Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Amy and Karen. David Solomon says he should have followed his gut when it comes to job cuts. In a private meeting with hundreds of Goldman's partners, Solomon lamented he was too slow in reducing the workforce as the environment was growing more complicated in the second quarter last year. That's according to a report in the Financial Times. Goldman Sachs slashed about 3,200 jobs last month following a larger-than-expected spike in expenses and plumbing revenue and profit. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thank you. And again, futures are little change this morning, at least S&P and Dow futures. NASDAQ futures are higher, up a quarter percent or 30 points. The DAX in Germany is up a quarter percent. The 10-year Treasury down one thirty-second, yield 3.73 percent. They yield on the two-year 4.53 percent. And NYMEX crude oil is down one and a third percent. Straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports and and this is Bloomberg. Thank you. 44 degrees in New York. Clouds give way to sunshine. Temperatures will stay mild for February. We're going up to 55 today with clear skies tonight down to 35. Sunshine and breezy tomorrow going up to 50. Time now to look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. A jury today will begin considering whether an Islamic extremist should be sentenced to death for killing eight people on a New York City bike path. Sefulu Saipov was convicted last month in the 2017 attack in which he mowed down bicyclists with a truck. 
The same jury that found Saipov guilty will now hear from additional witnesses in the trial's penalty phase. The Philippines has accused a Chinese Coast Guard ship of hitting a Philippine Coast Guard vessel with a military-grade laser and temporarily blinding some of its crew in the disputed South China Sea. A Philippine official says it's the first time China has used lasers and caused injury to Filipino personnel. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer continued to call on House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to publicly present the Republicans' budget proposal over the debt ceiling battle. Senator Schumer says if he's prepared to hold the country's financial future hostage by refusing to raise the debt ceiling, he should be open about what these Republican demands for the country's budget are. He wants to uh, attach certain spending cuts to do this. A, where is your plan, Mr. McCarthy? He says he wants cuts. We ask him which ones. He won't say any. Meanwhile, Republican Representative James Comer says that Social Security and Medicare will not be among those cuts and slams Democratic leaders for claiming they would be. And when you get to the point to where we are now, where we've got to make cuts, it's a lot tougher. Uh, we're not going to cut Social Security or Medicare. Uh, we've been very clear about that. It's it's uh, very disappointing that uh, the president and Chuck Schumer would continue to try to scare seniors. Representative Comer and Senator Schumer spoke on ABC's This Week, which can be heard Sundays on Bloomberg. New York City is bustling with office workers again, but the in-person work week has shrunk to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. New data on in-person work and analyzed by Bloomberg News shows Manhattan workers are spending at least two, 12, uh, 12.4 billion less a year due to about 30% fewer days in the office. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Sports Report, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. Three years after the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl by coming from behind in the second half, they did it again. In Phoenix, they trailed Philadelphia by 10 at halftime. Chiefs couldn't stop the Eagles, who held KC to only eight minutes of first-half possession time. But things changed second half. Patrick Mahomes engineered two 75-yard TD drives. The second one ended in a score by Kadarius Toney, who was the Giants' first-round draft pick last year. They traded him to the Chiefs, and Toney... Was hardly done there. End over end, shorter punt. And Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in place. Down to the five-yard line. He's radio the call. Super Bowl record. 65-yard return set up. Another KC touchdown put him up by eight. Eagles rallied the tie on Jalen Hurts' third TD run of the game. That tied a Super Bowl record. He added the game-tying two-point conversion, but the Chiefs drove. Mahomes shook off his ankle injury for a 26-yard run. Eagles got called for a costly holding penalty. A KC field goal gave them the win. 38-35, Mahomes, three days after being named regular season MVP, named Super Bowl MVP. Andy Reid beats his former team, said after the game he expects to be back coaching the Chiefs in 2023. Who will be the Jets QB? ESPN reported the Jets have reached out to the Packers inquiring about a trade for Aaron Rodgers. And longtime Raiders QB Derek Carr could be a free agent as soon as today. And he would be eligible to sign right away. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. 
It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Amy Morris. In the past eight days, the U.S. military has shot down four unidentified objects in North American airspace. And now China says U.S. balloons are flying illegally or have been flying illegally in China's airspace at least 10 times in the past year. Let's get more on all of this from Bloomberg News Managing Editor Derek Walbang in Singapore. Derek, it is a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh Let's just start right away. The response from China, 10 U.S. balloons at minimum in the past year. Tell us about that. That is what they said. A foreign ministry spokesman actually told reporters, quote, it's nothing rare for U.S. balloons to illegally enter other countries' airspace. Um, they added, added that uh, the U.S., quote, needs to reflect upon itself and change its wrong practice. Uh, this is a sort of response about, uh, you know, you're, you're mad, you're, you're worse, you're doing it to, um, you know, sort of, that, that, that I guess one might say a playground-style back and forth. Um, but it's really clear that the uh, balloons or, or whatever is going on uh, is, is limiting that detente between the U.S. and China that you saw come out of the G20 in Bali in uh, November. Uh, there had been uh, ideas about a warmer relationship. There had been uh, uh, talks about senior level visits from one country to another. A lot of that has been put on hold. And you're, what you're hearing right now is rhetoric that is suggesting going exactly the opposite way uh, from where, uh, where Joe Biden and Xi Jinping were, uh, were signaling. How do they get past this at this point? My question is whether the U.S. has been shooting down these objects. Mm -hmm. If China starts shooting down these objects, does this escalate? Can it get worse? Well, I think one of the things that it highlights to me is I think I'd say two things here. One is it highlights how much of that detente was built on a sort of fragility, right? The U.S. and China have fundamental differences. Uh, those didn't necessarily ease. And if it takes one weather balloon-looking uh, thing carrying whatever it was carrying, crossing over the United States to completely upend that, 
what a fragile piece that had been built. The second thing is, I think that there is a a bigger awakening, I guess I would say, across the world to this sort of what may be surveillance, right? You're talking about four items shot down uh, over North America. You're talking about a possible uh, balloon-like item over na- over uh, Latin America. Uh, Taiwan said uh, balloon-style incursions are a regular thing. Uh, and then the U.K. says that... Um, that Chinese surveillance balloons may have been spying over Britain as well. So all across there, you're having this bigger uh, awareness of what's going on. And additionally, I think I might I might note, Amy, is that, is that the U.S. policy on this has moved rapidly, and I think a lot of the world's policy has moved rapidly from um, a, a curiosity and a wondering what should be done to just decisive action. We're just going to shoot this right down. Because you remember that first one that went went over the U.S., right? Crossed quite a lot of territory, quite a lot of days, eventually gets taken out just off the coast of South Carolina. Numbers two, three, and four went down real fast. You know, I was going to ask you about that very thing because they seem to in, be comfortable watching it and tracking it while it flew by. And once they got over, you know, out into the Atlantic, they were able to take mm-hmm. that first one down. But mm-hmm. my question now then is, is this getting traction because they're being tracked now? Are they tracking them more closely? The, are these balloons a common practice that the rest of us are just now becoming aware of because of that balloon off the coast of South Carolina? Well, I think that's a great question. And the uh, the Defense Department told uh, reporters the other day that uh, they've been more closely scrutinizing uh, airspace at the altitudes that these uh, objects had been uh, traversing and in, including enhancing radar, which might explain uh, partly the increase in objects detected uh, recently. So it may be in some way the you're finding more things because you're looking for them, right? Um, There may be a certain additional awareness. I also think, I mean, look, surveillance between great powers is not new. There's spy efforts that go on all the time. Uh, Nobody should be, you know, there's no no fainting couches needed for any of that. But um, I think of this particular type of surveillance, I think there's been a large increase in awareness. And I also think that there's, you know, as I mentioned, there's been a large increase in certainty about what to do about it when it comes, as well as, uh, you know, reactions that this is perhaps uh, not something that uh, people are willing to put up with. You see you see threats of sanctions, you see other sorts of uh, ties that get affected by this. So it's got a little bit of a, um, if you'll forgive the horrible pun, these balloons get down, get shot down and they make a much bigger splash than just the uh, than just the question of of whether or not you take them out. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.